What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This season has been an utter disappointment for the New Orleans Saints. Could it get worse? Could it get better? Or are we just kind of stuck in an endless cycle? We're going to talk about that on this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, guys, welcome back inside the Straight Up Saints podcast, part of the Boot Crew Media Podcast Network here. And this season has been a really, really disappointing time. I know a lot of us came into it with playoff expectations, including myself. I kind of thought this was a 9-8, and 10-7 and seven roster. And funny enough, if they lose this Sunday, they'll already get to the seven losses that I probably thought that they would have the entire season. And I think for a lot of us, it was based on the roster, right? You look at this team, you thought they were constructed well and said, there really is no way they can't lose, you know, lose this many games, although they have now. And I think a lot of it falls on the harsh reality that this isn't a well-coached team. And I know that it's only week 10 in some people's eyes, although I think that's pretty damn late in the season at this point. But I think you are what you are in the NFL. Some people are able to change that. You see people like Geno Smith kind of, rewriting their narratives and their story, which I think is awesome. But some people, you get second chances, sometimes third chances, sometimes fourth chances, and you just are who you are. And I think for the New Orleans Saints, that is the case with Dennis Allen. I've been pretty harsh on this situation, maybe more than most, maybe less than some other people, but I've been very clear about this whole thing. I I don't think Dennis Allen is the head coach that will get the Saints to where they want to go. And more importantly, when you look at the current state of the New Orleans Saints, I think they need someone way better, way more creative, way more innovative, a lot younger, different ideas than what Dennis Allen's bringing to the table. Because I think when the Saints brought in Dennis Allen, they brought him in with the idea that he's going to keep this ship sailing, just keep this thing cruising, just like Sean Payton had it going. Well, that ship is no longer sailing. That thing hit the iceberg. And it hit the iceberg on Monday night, just like it hit the iceberg against the Cardinals, just like it hit the iceberg against the Bengals, just like it hit the iceberg against the Panthers. This team has hit that iceberg. And now we're just slowly watching the rest of the ship sink. And that's what this season's been like. And for people who think this is harsh and it's one year, how can you get off on Dennis Allen? I said this from the moment the Saints signed uh, hired Dennis Allen. And by the way, I was okay with the hire because... I got the idea of trying to keep things as close together and as close kind of image-wise as it was before Sean Payton left. I understand why they did that. Not saying I agree with it, but I understand why they did it. But Dennis Allen is who he is. And what the numbers show is he's a bad head coach. 2012, first year with the Raiders, 4-12. 2013, his next year with the Raiders, 4-12. 2014, his third year with the Raiders, starts 0-4, gets fired. I tweeted that out on Tuesday, I believe, talking about his record, talking about how the fact that over the course of those two seasons and a quarter, and then the first nine weeks of the Saints season, he has won back-to-back games one time as a head coach. And I think the quality of being a good coach is being able to sustain success, being able to be consistent. Those are two qualities Dennis Allen-led football teams have never had. It wasn't the case in 2012. It wasn't the case in 2013. 
Sure as hell wasn't the case in 2014 since they didn't win a game before he got fired. And right now with the Saints, they have not won back-to-back games. And if they are going to win back-to-back games, it won't happen until week 11. It would require them to win against the Steelers this Sunday, then come around and beat the Rams the following weekend in the Dome. Do you trust them to do that? I know I don't. So that's where I'm at with Dennis Allen. And I know some people are going to say, well, the Raiders were a team that lacked talent. And I tweeted that. I said, look, with the Raiders earlier in their career, with Dennis Allen, he was learning how to be a head coach, and they didn't have a lot of talent. That's a bad recipe for someone who's trying to be a successful first-year coach. Well, guess what? Before Dennis Allen was hired, the Raiders were 8-8 eight and, eight and, eight, and then dropped to 4-12. and 12. And the year after Dennis Allen was fired, they went 7-9 and nine under Jack Del Rio. And the second year under Jack Del Rio, they went 12-4. and four. So is it a Raiders problem or is it a Dennis Allen problem? Is it a Saints problem or is it a Dennis Allen problem? I think it's okay to admit that some people are really, really great coordinators. But when they step up to the spotlight, they're on the stage to be the, the lead guy. You just can't do it. It's, it's, it's things that we see all the time in life. You know, I'll make a corny reference right now. You know, Michael Jackson was talented enough to leave the Jackson 5 and do his own thing. Dennis Allen is not good enough as a coach to be the lead man. He's a backup singer. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people like backup singers, but you are who you are, and that's who Dennis Allen is. And that is why when you sit here today listening to this podcast and you see the Titans say, what's the harsh reality? The harsh reality is that right now the Saints are led by a coach who is not head coach material that is the harsh reality of this year's Saints team. And it's not going to change in week 10. It's not going to change in week 11. It's not going to change by Thanksgiving. It's not going to change by Christmas. And you have to hope that it changes in the offseason. And that's something that the Saints are going to have to figure out and hopefully have the balls to say, man, this just does not work. Because Dennis Allen was not brought here to be part of a rebuild. He was not part, he, part of this team to instill a different type of culture and change the script. No, they, they sold us on continuity. They told us continuity was good and it hasn't been any good for this team. They're too loose. They have no identity. They continue, continue to shoot themselves in the foot. They make the same mistakes over and over again. And the three lines that we've gotten from Dennis Allen so far, when you're looking for something to kind of feed off of and, and get that motivational push, it's been, we got things to clean up. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it was a bad day at the office. All lame quotes, all lame excuses. None of those have addressed the fact that this is a bad football team, a undisciplined football team, and a team that's just not going to figure it out. Even in a terrible division, the worst division in football, in my opinion, not going to figure it out. That is the harsh reality of the Saints. And unfortunately, it gets a little bit worse. And I know I've been so negative right now to start the show. I promise I will get more lighthearted in just a minute. To top all that off, You have a quarterback situation that is between two guys that are not franchise quarterbacks. You have no first-round pick to kind of address that need for a franchise quarterback. And if you want to go in the market and who knows, a Derek Carr gets released or they want to go after Jimmy Garoppolo, not saying they will, not saying they should, they don't have much cap space to do that either. So it's a situation right now that the Saints have put themselves in that is not ideal. It's going to be up to them to work around this. And this is where Mickey Loomis has to be a good GM. This is where Jeff Ireland has to step up. This is where I know Kai Harley's going to do his thing, but this is where he has to make that cap magic happen. So this is a, a situation that's pretty bleak right now. And I don't think a win on Sunday against the Steelers would change my opinion of it. 
it could only lower what's already been a low expectation for me. And I'll get into that game in a little bit and why I actually think this could be a pretty tough week for the Saints. But I, I think that's where I'm at right now. And, and I think if you're at that as well, great to be in agreement. If you disagree and you think I'm not giving Dennis Allen a fair shake, at what point do we say that enough's enough? Because we've seen head coaches, like think about David Culley on the Texans, who I think actually got way more out of his roster than Dennis Allen has gotten out of any roster, got fired after one year, and Dennis Allen is now in his fourth year as a head coach, and he still sucks at it. I think that's a little bit unfair. Goes to the whole double standard thing. And I think after this, this should be the last time he ever gets a head coaching job. We were sold on him learning from his mistakes. He just makes the same mistakes over and over again and then tells us they'll clean it up and they don't clean it up. So that's where I'm at with the Saints. So let's get into some weird slash funny slash somewhat juicy. I'm not going to say information, but social media activity because I know you guys kind of like that stuff. And, and I was fascinated by it this week when I found out. So I'm scrolling on Twitter and... You know, Twitter kind of changed this week. Elon Musk did the whole thing with verifying people if they pay $8 for it. And I know a lot of people will pay for it. That's your decision if you want to do it. I, I do not. I like the the concept of Twitter being free. But if people want to pay for Twitter Blue and edit their tweets and whatever, and then you get the whatever, that's that's your idea. Just, just don't make fake Adam Schefter tweets like some, you know, moron did. But I'm looking through the section for like verified interactions. And... Under one of them, it said Peyton Turner liked to reply to my tweet. And I was like, what the heck is this? So I go through it and I look and I'm going to pull it up here to read exactly. Peyton Turner, Peyton Turner liked a reply to a tweet of mine that said, in quotes, why are they rolling with Dalton? Now, that reply was to a tweet of mine that said Peyton Turner and Chris Olave were the only bright spots in my mind from the Saints-Ravens game. So. This is my theory on this. Peyton Turner finishes the game. I thought he played pretty well again. I'll have to go back and watch again. I've been dreading the rewatch of that Ravens game, but I will get back to it. And he searched up his name on Twitter. My tweet came up, which makes sense. A lot of you guys interacted with it, so that probably algorithm-wise pushed it up. He saw the tweet, scrolled through the replies, and I'm going to say he accidentally liked this, but if he did purposely like that Andy Dalton thing and then was like, oh my God, I have to pull it back because he no longer liked that tweet, now, I got screenshots because screenshots are permanent, but I'm not trying to say he did this on purpose. It, the, just the timing of it and, and the tweet that ended up getting liked was hilarious because some people replied how it's great to see Peyton Turner playing well, and those replies didn't get liked, but that one accidentally did, which leads me to believe it was a genuine accident from Peyton Turner. But it just makes me laugh that this is where we're at, and that's not the only thing. Another tweet that got unliked, Michael Thomas liking a tweet about the Saints medical staff and how they easily clear people. And it was a gif of the security guard that's just letting people go by. And it said, that's the Saints medical staff. He liked that tweet. It got screenshotted or screenshot, I guess. No screenshotted. That would make no sense. Someone screenshot it. And then he, he unliked it. So we have reached the phase of Twitter, the, the dark days of Twitter, that some players are unliking tweets, whether they did it on purpose or it was on accident. I think the Peyton Turner one was probably accidental, but if it's true, then that's not a great sign because then people are questioning the quarterback decision. And then the Michael Thomas one, we know MT social media activity enough to say probably knew what he was doing and then said better off for me to take it down and take the high road after he already drove down the risky road. So that's the way this season's gone. Headlines for this team have always been weird headlines. You get one week to kind of say, wow, that was nice. And then they go right back to the shitter. But I found that stuff funny, and I figured you guys would kind of find it fascinating what happened there. 
Uh, again, I'm not going to share the screenshot for Peyton Turner because I, I really do think it was a genuine accident. But when I saw it on my phone, I just I just couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was uh, pretty hilarious that that unfolded. So let's get into the Saints-Steelers game. The Saints got a game this weekend, unfortunately for some of you, and they're playing a bad Steelers team. I go back to 2018, Saints-Steelers. First off, that 2018 season, I dearly miss it, especially now more than ever. And that's why I tell people, like, you want a Super Bowl because Super Bowls are forever, but you enjoy the wins during a season because you could always go back and revisit them. And there are so many times I revisit games for the 2018 season and say, man, those are the good times. And you miss them. So back then in 2018, and I say back then as if it was so long ago, it was just four years ago, Saints-Steelers regular season game, one of the better regular season games of that season, playoff atmosphere, so much at stake for both teams. Saints are trying to get the one seed. Steelers are trying to get a playoff spot. Now you flip it to 2022. These two teams both have six losses each. These two teams both have uncertain quarterback situations. These two teams are both in jeopardy of being maybe last in their divisions. But at least the Steelers do have their first round pick for next year. But again, mirror images in the sense that not a lot of direction right now. Weird quarterback situations. Both have six losses. Here's where I get nervous about this game. Because I think it's easy to see the Steelers schedule be like two and six. They're a bad team. And they're, they're a bad football team this year. They are. But they're coming off the bye week. The Saints are coming off a short week. That concerns me. 14 days of rest, six days of rest. The Saints didn't practice Wednesday. They used it as a recovery day. It's a short week. So that is a little bit concerning to me. Another thing that's really concerning to me, TJ Watt will be back. TJ Watt suffered a partially torn pectoral muscle in week one against the Bengals. And when an injury like that happens, some people, you go, man, they're out for the year. When it happens to a Watt brother, you assume that they're going to be back at some point in the season. And when it's a Watt brother who's got the Saints on their schedule, you can absolutely guarantee they will be back for the Saints game. I said, nothing heals you like playing the Saints. Nothing. And look, TJ Watt's one of the most exciting players in football. He's arguably the best defensive player in the football. I think the absence of him and how much of a hit the Steelers have taken without him kind of validates that. I know Micah Parsons is awesome. I know Nick Bosa is awesome. I know Aaron Donald's awesome. I think TJ Watt right now is probably, for my money, though, the best defensive player in football. How do you stop him? Like, when you go into this game and you go to keys to victory, that's one of them, right? Because the Ravens front seven dominated the Saints on Monday night. Andy Dalton looked flustered. There were times where it's his fault. It's times where he misdiagnosed, uh, you know, the packages the, the the Ravens brought in front of him on blitz situations. There were times where the, the Saints just got flat out beat. How do you stop T.J. Watt if he's anywhere close to 100%? If he's 80%, how do you stop T.J. Watt? He is a wrecking ball. He's someone that doesn't have to get a sack to make an impact, can knock down passes, can intercept passes, can force fumbles, make big plays in the run game. That is going to be a key for this game. What is your answer? For T.J. Watt, I don't know if they have one. And to make matters worse, Eric McCoy and Andrews Peter both injured this week. So you might not have Pete or McCoy. And if that happens, you're missing two interior offensive linemen. You probably kick Ruiz over to center. And then you probably have Lewis Kidd and Calvin Throckmorton as your starting guards. That would be hell for this team. That would prevent them from running the football with efficiency, I would say. And that makes playing Pittsburgh a whole lot harder. So that's something we got to monitor. How do you, how's the injury report looking, which I'll talk about in a sec. And then TJ Watt, how do you stop him? Can you stop him? I don't know if you can, but you got to be able to contain him because Justin Houston, who's at this point in his career, an aging vet, although having a stellar season was dominant on Monday night against the Saints. Dominant two and a half sacks, interception, wrecking ball. 
one of the players of the week in the AFC. What does TJ Watt do this week against that same unit? That scares me. It does. I'm telling you the truth. The second thing, and this should be a positive for the Saints, but boy, if they don't capitalize on this, I will rant about it on Sunday after the game. I can guarantee it. Kenny Pickett, who... By the way, I actually wanted the Saints to consider drafting because I thought they had to get a young quarterback. So far, he's been disappointing, though. We'll see what happens with him. He's got time to learn. I-, I wait two years before I start judging quarterbacks anyway. But Kenny Pickett, he didn't get a play in September. October 2nd, first game, he starts playing against the Jets. He's only played in October. He already has eight interceptions this season. Top five in the league in that category. Saints have two picks this year. They better have their third interception on Sunday. They better I know Marshawn Lattimore is probably going to miss this game. It does not matter to me. You're playing a rookie quarterback who has turned the football over at a very high rate this year. You got to get an interception. You have to. I'm looking at the numbers right now for Kenny Pickett. He's had three picks against the Jets, one pick against the Bills, three picks against the Dolphins, one pick against the Eagles. Only one game this season, he's gone without an interception. You got to continue to keep that going, keep that pattern going. The Saints have two picks this year. They had 18 all of last year. C.J. Gardner-Johnson already has more picks than the Saints have as a team. Marcus Williams, who's been out since like week four, has more picks already than the Saints have as a team. Get some turnovers in this. Please, just force some turnovers and get this thing going. Because the defense, if they got any chance right now with all these injuries piling up, you got to be opportunistic. P.J. Williams, Tyron Matthew, not going to say Marcus May. I've lost all faith in that guy. Elante Taylor, Paulson Debo. It's got to be one of them, man. Force a turnover in this game. You're going up against a rookie quarterback and an offensive line that's not very good. You got to be able to force a turnover or two. And if you don't do that, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Because if you don't force turnovers, you're really relying on you know a game that's going to be a slugfest where you're banged up. Because I don't like to use injuries as an excuse for why Dennis Allen's a bad coach. I think Dennis Allen's just a bad head coach. But, you know, I'm looking at the injury report now, and it's very possible just reading it right now. You could be without Pete Werner. You could be be without Eric McCoy. You could be without Andres Pete. You could be without Marshawn Lattimore. And you could be without Marcus Davenport, who I'm going to talk about in just a second. You could be without all those guys against the Steelers. And, again, injuries are a part of the game, but at some point when it's that many, how do you win, right? We saw last year even the great Sean Payton The Saints are so injured, they went on a five-game losing streak at some point. So that concerns me. And and that is just as much of a key to this game as other things, right? The health of this team. So I'm looking into that, and that's why I stress got to force turnovers against Pickett because you may need an extra possession or two because you're banged up as hell right now. So that's interesting to me. Now, I mentioned Davenport. I have been very patient with Marcus Davenport, patient than most, okay? I, I don't say the two first nickname. I don't crack jokes about what his preferred choices are of like anime or whatever. I know people like to crack jokes about that. I don't get into all that. And I thought last year he was awesome. And he showed last year when he's healthy, he can be a really good football player. I'm, I'm not one of those people who think that you need to have sacks to be an impact player because I think it could be an overrated number. I think I'm liking pressures, quarterback hurries, things of that nature You can do that, maybe not sack the quarterback, but still impact the play. So that's why I don't get all caught up in that, you know? I remember Carl Lawson two years ago with the Bengals was, you know, top 10 in the league in in those those categories, just didn't have the sacks. And that questioned whether or not he's a good player. So I don't get caught up in that. But when you're in a contract year, 
you need to produce. You need to. And go look at the Giants with Saquon Barkley. Hurt for the last three seasons. Contract year for him. Balling the hell out. He looks like one of the best running backs in the league. He has really been the driving force of the Giants offense. He's doing his thing. I look at Josh Jacobs. Contract year. Balling the hell out. Marcus Davenport is doing anything but that at the moment. He's just not playing the brand of football that I would like him to play. And you're looking at his numbers this year. You're probably going to see him have a career low in most stats. And again, I'm not a guy that likes to go off the stats for him, but I'm going to pull them up because I think it's important sometimes. Marcus Davenport, who has been healthy for pretty much this entire season right now until, na- until this week, if you go off sacks, and I don't like to do that, he's got half a sack this year. He had nine last year. His lowest is one and a half. That's not great. So QB hits, 16 last year. He's got five this year. He's on pace for less than 10. That's not great. That's a stat that you would like him to see better in. Pressures, he's got 21 last year. He's got 11 this year. He's going to end up falling short if you double it of that 21. But still, that's all right. That's not, that's not terrible for me. But the impact plays, man, in a contract year, it's one thing to not love football. And I'm not saying he doesn't love football, but it's one thing for some guys to not love football and just see it as like it is your job and you get paid very well to do so. And you know you're damn good at it, so you do it. Contract years, though, like don't most of these guys love money? Don't they want to make life-changing money? I'm just shocked that Marcus Davenport in a contract year is not putting up great numbers. He's just not. Look at Bradley Chubb. He starts doing great with the Broncos. They trade him. Dolphins immediately give him a big contract. Maybe a little bit too big of a contract, but it's a great contract. And he's kind of earned it with the way he's played this year. At some point, the Saints got to say enough of the Marcus Davenport thing. Because again, I like Marcus Davenport. I think he's a good player at times. But it's too much of me saying at times. Too many times I have to say, uh, yeah, he's he was good then or he was good last year or... You know, sometimes he makes good plays. Enough of that. Got to be consistent. And if Peyton Turner continues to keep this streak of two games in a row where he looked good, screw it, man. Peyton Turner is going to be the starter next year and figure it out. Now, the problem is he's still on the books next year for them, whether or not he's on the roster. That could impact what they do. But I'm just, I'm at the point with Marcus Davenport where I'm just, I'm stunned. It's a contract year. Why are you not putting up great numbers? Trey Hendrickson, great numbers, balled out, got paid, left. Marcus Williams, contract year, balled out, got paid, left. I don't care if you're getting paid by the Saints, you're getting paid by someone, but goddamn, go get paid. Go get paid. You're not playing well enough to go do that. And that's just, it's just shocking to me. So all in all, this is a banged up team going up against a Steelers team that's got a bye week, got TJ Watt back. They don't got Chase Claypool. He's now on the Bears. That should help a little bit in terms of how many weapons you have to account for. But... I think this is going to be slugfest. I think this is this has the, the makings of a 20 to 24 type of game. And th- this is where I'm at. Could the Saints beat the Steelers? Absolutely. The Steelers are not a good football team. And they're both kind of middle of the pack right now of being a mid-team. That, that's what they are. But here's where the problem lies. And it goes back to just the whole subject of this episode, the harsh reality of things. If the Saints beat the Steelers and they get to four and six, do you trust them to turn it around and put together a win streak? I don't. And that's that's the part that sucks about this. And on the flip side, if they lose to the Steelers 
and they fall to three and seven, you can end the season right there. Three and seven, when you know at least one of the Panthers or Falcons will win on Thursday night when they play, the Buccaneers are a game up and have the win against you head-to-head, and you're really injured, pack it in. And I'm very fascinated to see how the Steelers game goes because when I watched the Ravens game body language, a lot of people were deflated. Seemed like a lot of people had no interest in that fourth quarter. Not saying I could blame them, but that always falls on coaching. Even when the Saints were banged up last year, and you could call it false hope, you could call it garbage time, whatever you want. They kept making little comebacks towards the end, and they lose because they didn't convert a two-point conversion against the Titans or a two-point conversion against the Falcons. But they fought till the very end. And again, I think as always, attitude reflects leadership. The Saints team has the attitude of their coach. Laid back. Mistakes happen, whatever, live with it. It's it's like the you know the the people that say you can always buy a new one and replace it. That that's the Dennis Allen Saints right now. You are running out of time to fix this season. You lose Sunday against the Steelers. Forget about. I don't want to hear anyone be positive about this team if they lose to the Steelers. Nothing. Even and if they beat the Steelers, same thing there. Don't be really positive. Don't get caught in the bullshit. They got to win back to back games for people to start saying, "I buy you." I have zero faith in the Saints right now. Zero. And I know that people are going to say, well, if you have no faith in them, why are you talking about it? I think that's a stupid comment. I, I, I still love this team dearly, and I'll be here for every week to talk about it. But you got to A, win back-to-back games for people to feel even more invested and trust you, and you haven't shown that. So again, I think they can beat the Steelers, but whether they beat them or not, I'm not going to come here on Sunday and on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday of next week and be so positive and uplifting about this team because... They have shown you, even when they win, they go right back to the bullshit. And if they lose on Sunday against a Steelers team that has two wins this year, we're going to talk about this Saints team. And and everything that I said to start this show, I feel will be even more validated because I promise you, there's nothing good that comes out of this season other than the Saints are bad enough that the front office says, Well, Dennis is not our guy. And once they figure that out, and it shouldn't be hard to figure out, but boy, it seems like it's taken them a while, then we can start start talking about how they get this thing back on the right tracks. And I don't care if you think I'm being harsh. I'm just over the Dennis Allen-led Saints doing the same thing over and over and over again because it's exhausting. And even if they beat the Sewers, they're going to just do it right again, whether it's against the Rams, the Niners, or the Bucks, those are the next three games after that. They'll find a way to fall back into the trap. They always do under Dennis Allen. So we'll see what happens again. I'm very sorry for being negative on this podcast. You know, I don't like to be negative, but we got to be realists. And I think with the saints right now, that's where I'm at with this team, not well coached and don't know how to sustain any success. I hope that changes. And I hope maybe Sunday just started that. But again, I I need to see it consistently until then I'm going to be a little bit skeptical about it. So Sorry again that it was negative, but that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, guys, if you appreciate the content, leave a thumbs up on YouTube. Comment. I'll get back to you on it. Uh, you know, Tweet at me. I'll, I'll always reply to anybody talking about the Saints. You guys know that. Even if it's non-Saints related, I usually reply anyway. And make sure you subscribe to Boot Crew Media's YouTube page. A lot of fun stuff. Helican stuff. LSU content. Uh, obviously, Saints content, as you guys know already. So make sure you guys are in that and make sure you stay tuned for another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.